Hi everyone, welcome to the latest edition of the Library Scoop, the official podcast of Niles Main District Library. I am your host, Jabez Patterson, member of the Digital Service Team here at the Library. My colleague Stacy will be our feature interview this month. She is extraordinary and very insightful in all things music, sports, pop culture, movies, and more. We're really excited to have her on the show. Without further ado, let's welcome Stacy to the Library Scoop. Well, here we are, another episode of the Library Scoop. I'm here with Stacy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Just been, I don't know, it's just been a rough week. It's just like, I'm ready for spring. Yeah, I think the weather being so frigid at the start of the week and now we're getting to a place where it's going to be, I think they said next week it'll be in the 40s. Yeah. But yesterday was one of the coldest March 6th in the history of Chicago, which Mm -hmm. is crazy when you think about it. Yeah, it's just like there's times where I want to go outside, take in the air, just take a bike and just go on the lakeshore, the 606 can't do it because it's either cold. Mm-hmm. You don't want to freeze. We no don't fr- want you to freeze. No frostbite either, so right. it's just been like stuck in the building 24 seven. But at I'm least just, you're in a library, right? At least I'm in the library with comfortable heat. Mm-hmm. All right, for our audience that don't know you or don't know you well, uh, will you be able to share like your mini life story of how you got to the library? Sure. Um, so I was born in Evanston, which is um, one of our neighbor communities. Um, went to DePaul University in Chicago. Um, I went to Niles West High School, and how I actually ended up working here and my path here, I worked on this project for a class in high school. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we had to do was interview all the vets um, within the community that our teacher assigned us. Yeah. So we get assigned Niles. Mm-hmm. And so one of the first things that we did in order to start our project was go to the library. Right. Came here, they gave us um, the number of the veterans, um, the VFW, and that class really helped me determine what it was that I wanted to do in my future. So, like I said, went to DePaul's, majored in American Studies, um, found my way back to the Niles Library, and here I am now. Excellent. Well, we're glad you're here. Um, I don't know. It's just for me, when it comes to that question, it's just like it's by accident. Right. Yeah, because like a couple years ago, I live like maybe 10 minutes away from the library, mm-hmm. and then Somehow I was in between like my AmeriCorps year, about to go to graduate school, and thinking to myself, how on earth I'm going to pay like mm-hmm. this large amount of loans for graduate school, yes, which yes. is a real struggle. Yes, indeed. And, and then my parents were like, you know you can work in a library. And me being like young 20s, thinking like, nah, right. I can do something else. But then... One day I was, one needed to place a study for a major test I was taking. Mm-hmm. Drove maybe 10 minutes to the library and just saw all the amazing things that it offers. And then I was like, cool, I can 
still take advantage of like the study rooms and the books, but right. still, right. don't see myself in the library. And then after a while, still in AmeriCorps, decided not to go to grad school, mm-hmm. needed um, more money to pay bills, which sadly you don't get a lot of money when you're in AmeriCorps, but that's another right. conversation for another day. Another time, another day. Got Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So parents assist, work in a library, but I'm like, why? It's like, you work with kids. You might as well, right? Yeah, you work with kids. You're tolerable with that. Adults should be like a little bit easier. In was, theory. In theory. And I was just like, fine, I'll do it. Had the interview. I thought mm-hmm. it did really bad. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, because it was just like. I think we all do that, though. Yeah. You know, when we go into something and we come out of it and we're like, oh, I did terrible. Yeah. After the fact, you find out you really didn't do that terrible. It's all in our. It's all in our heads. Right. Yeah. So, um, one of the my managers who still works here uh, gave me some just interesting questions like to know me but I was just like I'm not sure if I'm actually fulfilling that question I may be dodging it in some way so I'm just like all right let's see what happens and then two weeks later I get a giant email saying like you're hired and I was like all right and I've been here ever since ah time time has flown my friend um speaking of which um for a lot of the audience that don't, don't know, I enjoy talking to Stacey about so many topics. Mm-hmm. Life, yeah. struggle of still being a, a college student, trying to make ends meet, mm-hmm. pop culture, mm-hmm. anything. But the number one thing we always talk about is sports. Yes. And yes. recently, um, a guy by the name of LeBron James mm. passed. Never heard of him. Never heard of that kid from Akron? Um, oh, th- that sounds familiar. Okay. I think I heard something <laughs> happened. No. Nah. But um, this month, um, he passed Michael Jordan for third of all time. Now, there's a huge debate. All-time uh, scorer. All-time scorer. I apologize. Thank you. There's been a huge debate. It's not really recent. It's been over the past, I don't know, like, what you say, six years maybe? Ooh, I would say even longer. Okay, even longer. Like, okay, we'll let's say go. 10 years. Okay, let's say ten years from now, about the greatest of all time, or the kids say the goat, G O A T. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of older basketball people that said Michael Jordan because how dominant he is, how much swagger he had, and how finesse he was. Six for six in the finals. Absolutely, playoff resume is amazing. Right. And then there's a lot of. People my age are saying LeBron James, even though the the difference between two and two of them is just like LeBron's a more all around player, right? In a way, he's a better, much more of a facilitator, much more facilitator, and can just use his body just to get points just right. quickly. Right. Um, we never had this conversation. We it's been like <laughs> one second. This is the gold, or right. this second. I'm not liking this. So now we have the opportunity to be on the record. Okay. All right. No so, pressure? No okay. pressure. But let's okay. first talk about the process of, like, how do you determine the GOAT? Because for some people it's different. Right. So right. let's talk about the process for you. How do you determine who this person is? And then let's go from there. I would say 
for me and for a lot of people, the number one thing people look for in determining greatest of all time is the number of rings. Okay. Jordan has six rings. Correct. That's wow. LeBron has three, mm-hmm. three rings. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, automatically they will say Jordan is the greatest of all time based on the number of championships he has is higher than the number of championships LeBron has. Now, I want to add something. Uh, the official record that has the most championship is Bill Russell with 11. Right, but... Do you ever hear Bill Russell's name get thrown into conversations about the greatest of all time? No, because here's a more interesting fact. I, every conversation I have about this issue is that it's more wing players. It's always someone right. who plays the small forward all the way to the guard. You'll never hear conversation about a goat if you play power forward or center. It's always the wing players. What about John Stockton? I mean, amazing. all-time leader in assists, and I've been recently watching... Um, the Bulls finals appearances in the 90s. Yeah. And just seeing how amazing of a player he was, how spectacular a point guard he was, like the pick and roll with Stockton and Malone was perfection. Right. But you don't hear his name thrown into that conversation. No. You don't hear um, Charles Barkley. No, you don't. But he was MVP in 93. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't hear Magic Johnson's name. And that's a shame, though, because he was a phenomenal player in the right. 70s and 80s. You you don't even really hear Kobe's name in the conversation. Some people west of here probably throw Kobe in there a lot more frequently than LeBron versus right. Jordan. Right. So, for right now... So, rings, number one. Okay. Um, I would say... The having that closer mentality, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would put Jordan over LeBron in that instance again, mm-hmm. because, like we said earlier, LeBron is a facilitator, whereas Michael would, when it came down to it, he was going to take that last shot. He was. Um, the next thing, I would say in that conversation is free throws. Mm-hmm. LeBron misses a lot of free throws. He does. Um, and what we remember of Jordan, he didn't miss that many free throws. I think he actually shot between 80, 83% mm-hmm. overall for his career. Mm-hmm. But LeBron is averaging, I think right now, he's for his a, career, 73. And right now he's in like the ballpark of the 60s. Yeah, I think he's like 66.9. Yeah. Which... That's not, for your greatest of all time, you can't have free throw percentages that look like Dennis Rodman or Shaquille O'Neal, which... No no disrespect. No disrespect, but... But still. You know, you have to make those free throws. Absolutely. They're free throws. Absolutely. Um, what else would I say? Um, greatest of all time, let's talk about their... Wingman. Okay. Jordan had Scottie Pippen, mm-hmm. my all-time favorite player. Mm-hmm. LeBron. Also uh, underrated. Indeed. We don't talk enough about Scottie Pippen. Um, 
look how he held the Bulls together when Jordan retired the first time in 94. Mm-hmm. Um, had them a 50-plus game winner in, mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron, though, the teams that he's taken to the finals, he doesn't have, with the exception of when he went to Miami, and, and maybe, then with Kyrie. Maybe the first two years with No, 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 no. The, the second Cleveland year. Right. He had the likes of, and I don't remember the rosters, but, you know, Rodney Hood or Carlos Boozer, like these kinds of players. Mm-hmm. And he was getting them to the finals. Mm-hmm. Jordan had Pippen and Rodman, and he was coached by Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. Who's LeBron's coaches? Paul Silas, Teron Liu. Mm-hmm. Mike Brown. Mike Brown, Eric Spolstra. No disrespect, but no disrespect. Are they? Fair enough. So I think it's easy for people to say Jordan is the greatest of all time because of those things that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. But if you, it's hard for me to not say LeBron isn't the greatest okay. of all time because I've never seen somebody do what he does. Then that's fair. He's just amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to admit, um, when we're just chit-chatting, either within the library, I always say Jordan. But I'm going to be humbled in this mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. with you, and I'm going to give away my age. I was only six months. Well, <laughs> I, I don't care. I was uh, a baby when, we, when the Bulls won their third championship. Oh, let's carry the... Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you can do the math at home. Wow. But I was still a baby. Um, but so I did. I did not witness the grind and the struggle of Jordan having to play against Larry Bird and the Boston right. Celtics. I didn't experience him playing the Bad Boy Pistons. Right. Um, and there was one other team that he struggled with, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, he didn't really, well, I know there were the Knicks, and he always put them away, and then Cleveland, maybe? I've, I'm, once again, I was either. I'm my age. Once okay. again, once again, I was either a thought, or I, was, I did not exist. Gotcha. But okay. anyway. Okay. Ever since my upbringing, my, most, both of my dads baptize me in like Jordan. Mm-hmm, of course. Like I go through pictures. I always carry like a Michael Jordan documentary with me. Mm-hmm. I will always carry his books. Space Jam. I was iconic. Iconic. I was probably five years old when I was able to watch that movie. Wow. And I still have it. I still have it on VHS. In my house. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Talk about a retired uh, technology. Wow. Yes. Okay. And then, um, so the only real experience I had watching Jordan was obviously when he was in Washington, when she was a little bit older. Oh, but, yeah. But, he had lost some of his quickness and the knees were bad. But he was dropping 15, 20, and that's respectable. But at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, You'll never get his prime. So I'm disqualified from saying Jordan is a GOAT, even though right. if I go back and seeing his dominance, seeing the level of competition, I would say, like, mm-hmm. okay, I can stand by it. 
And I think that GOAT conversation, what you were talking about, you being an infant when they won their third championship, I think it goes to what generation you grow up in and when you're watching the sport. For me, being a kid growing up in the Chicagoland area during the 90s, watching the Bulls, it's easy for me to say the Bulls and Michael Jordan the greatest of all time because mm-hmm. I get to see that during my formative years. Right. I get to see LeBron in formative years. Right. If someone, I can remember people saying to me, you know, Wilt Chamberlain when I mm-hmm. was, you know, 13, 14, Wilt Chamberlain is the greatest of all time. And I couldn't hear that conversation or think about it because the only relationship I had to seeing Wilt Chamberlain was through old grainy videos. Right. I can't say he's the greatest of all time. I never saw him live. Right. I never saw him play. Uh Uh-huh. So I think in 20 years when someone else is giving this podcast and they're talking about the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan may not even be in the conversation. Probably not. It would be LeBron versus Steph Curry. Absolutely. And for, to give my official answer, there's... Three, two people I'll put over LeBron, and I'll give you the reasons why. Number one would be Tim Duncan. Wow. Tim Duncan. Now, to me, San Antonio Spurs are like the NBA's version of the New England Patriots. Yeah. In some degree. Minus the, you know, minus other the, things. Minus the other things. Let's think about it. Tim Duncan. Okay. Didn't win. The Spurs didn't win without him. Who was Greg Popovich without Tim Duncan? Who was Mono? Yeah, who was yeah. Mono Ginobili without Tim Duncan? Who was Tony Parker? Even better, yeah. who was Kawhi Leonard before Tim Duncan? Wow. Um, okay. To me, Tim Duncan could have easily averaged the same number as LeBron: twenty-five, seven, and I don't know. Oh. I don't. I don't have his stats in front of me. Yeah, I think but like eight, eight we'll or something. Eight point six nine. Yeah, we'll say he, somewhere in that ballpark of LeBron. Mm-hmm. But he bought into the system of right. what what Popovich was trying to do: play selfless basketball, improve the team like competitiveness. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if Tim Duncan was, I don't know if he. If he was in LeBron, if they switched careers, mm-hmm. I would think in some degree he would be a little bit more praised. Um, yeah, yeah. In some degree. Um, I think Tim Duncan, you know, great player. Right. The Spurs basketball, though, was so structured. A lot of people thought that that style of play was born, so it was hard to... Right watch for some people but right wow Tim Duncan okay yep uh, number two uh, Kobe now he wow. so <laughs> well here's the thing um, he will have an ostrich and, mm-hmm. and to this day I'm in a few years maybe LeBron will be number two and I'll explain why in a bit I started watching basketball at the year like 2000s Okay. That's when maybe Phil started to transition mm-hmm. into the Lakers. Right. Once again, right. baptized as a 90 Chicago Bulls Indeed. fan. Indeed. So I, we follow Phil Jackson's career. Mm-hmm. And then Lakers were on. All I would, the time. 
I mean, they were on all the time, but they it's been a gap since they won, like, a championship in yeah. some degree. Yes. Um, so, drafted this kid out of high school. Um, then they got Shaq. Didn't play, Kobe didn't play a couple of years. Mm-hmm. With um, the combination of Shaq and Kobe, they dominated into a nice championship uh, duo. Right, right. But then, as I became more mature... I saw Kobe as 24 instead of Kobe as 8. Like the last well, yeah. second half of his career where I saw him being dominant. 81. 81. Nine nine. Yep. Mm-hmm. I saw him elevate Paul Gasol's career late into like the later end of his career. Mm-hmm. I saw him play with a little of nothing. Like maybe Trevor Reza. He's a great defense. He's great on defense. Right, right. But <laughs> never offense. Derek Fisher, once again, Ugh. he's like an, um, how would I say it? He's He knows how to drive the car, but he won't take charge in a way. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, so to me, it's just like when I see the second half of Kobe's career, I just saw a little bit more mentality of like kind of like Jordan. Where it's just like, I'm going to take over. Uh, there will be opportunities where I will facilitate, and that's fine. Right. But the last five minutes of the game, and we're down, he's going, going to go nuts. Indeed. Indeed. And then there's LeBron. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say he's not great. He's phenomenal. Um, it's just like there are moments where I just watch him sometimes, and he's just like fails to um, capitalize on important moments of basketball games or important moments, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the first go-around with Miami. Um, I just felt like that was the opportunity because I'm like right. Dirk Nowinski. Great player. Right, right. But that team wasn't meant to be on the stage with LeBron, Chris Botch, and Dwayne Wade and crew. And Exactly, no. But no. that team played defense. And LeBron wasn't ready for that moment. Um, it really humbled him. It really humbled him. And then the only championship that I generally respect from him was... 2016. That, yes. Because I did went to undergrad in Ohio and near the Cleveland area. Okay. So I do respect that. And also the time when he beat the Oklahoma... Ooh, I'm sorry. Can't speak today. Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, okay. Pre Kevin Durant, which is not the major superstar he is now, right? Russell Wilson and James Harden, all in the same team. Harden was coming off the bench, like he's he was six man on that team, right? Oh, Oklahoma City had they had it good. They did, they but did. they had to ruin it. I think not hiring Tom Thibodeau really was the decisive like blow to that team. Absolutely. So, absolutely, but. For sure, we'll have that conversation in the near future. But exactly, Tim Duncan for me, LeBron James for you, and absolutely nothing wrong with it. Well, one of my favorite things to talk with Stacy about is probably one of our second things. It's about music. Yes. All right. Um, we actually don't talk about this. We we'll, we just talk about what we're listening to, mm-hmm. how we like it, but we don't dive in into like how we're processing music. So my question to you is like. How do you process either music that you're listening to the first time and just seeing if it's something good to either share with others or just like, eh, 
<laughs> push it towards the side. Okay. Um, what I do is one of the first things for me. I'm a visual person. Yeah. I will look at the album art. Okay. If it strikes me, it's like okay. Let me see what this is talking about. Right. Then, what I typically do is I'll play the first five to ten seconds of each track mm-hmm. just to see what it feels like. Right. And if it sounds like those first five ten seconds sound good, mm-hmm. then like okay, I will when I have more time give this a closer listening to. Right. Then I put my headphones in and then I'll listen to each track. Yeah. Um, and if there are enough songs on a project that really make me feel good, then I will share them with people. I think I did that with you when um, the Jay-Z album came out. The 444. 444. Which is... Amazing. Yes. It's like, you got to hear this. Yeah. Um, I did that with the Nas album. Which one? Um, Nasir, the one that just came out last June. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which, have you listened to? I'm still behind. Oh, my gosh. Well, here's the thing. It's just, with me, I don't listen to a lot of, like, mainstream music. Mm-hmm. And he, growing up my family instilled in me like house music, a lot of electronic music. And then growing up as an adolescent, college, that's when I've been on. Mm-hmm. And if any major artists that I care about, like a Jay-Z, a Kanye, or mm-hmm. Alicia Keys, or someone that I deeply care about, I'll push electronic music to the side and dive in. Now... The Nas album is produced by Kanye. I know you like Kanye. I do like... Musically, I do like Kanye. Musically, yes. Musically. Yes, yes. Personally, we... Uh, off, another that's conversation. A, another conversation. Mm-hmm. But when he did the Kanye sessions and, I don't know where, Jackson um, Hole, Wyoming. Wyoming? Yeah. The Pusher T album was just high on the radar. And did you I listen was, to that? I listened to they multiple. Told yes. Okay, good. I was just like, I don't want to hear anything else. Yeah. Because it was that incredible. It was yeah. that... It was still a Pusha T album, but... but Con- you can hear Kanye in it. It's... So hard. Yes. And I felt like Pusha T just said, Kanye, give me your best stuff. I don't want the rapper, I want the producer. Yeah. And that's what we got. Yes. And then when I heard Kanye, the Ye album, there are some songs I liked, but there, there are songs where... I had to hit skip. And then here's the kicker. When Kanye and Kid Cudi dropped... Can't See Ghosts. I was in love with that album. It was great. It was great. And the the weird thing is, I bought it on the vinyl. That's how great it was wow. for me. Because I'm a huge Kid Cudi fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard about him from a kid from London when I was... Um, during a service trip when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I was like, you have to hear a kid, Cuddy. And it was like the mixtape, uh, a kid named Cuddy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, he has some good songs. Signed with K- Kanye. Was just exposed to like this sound of... I'm gonna, It's going to sound sad, but it's still true. Like loneliness, kind of depression, kind of like, I'm going to use this to 
spread my wings and fly. Yeah. And then I was like, I vibe to that. I think a lot of us do. That's the magic of Kid Cudi, that he can, you know, distill those feelings, those emotions of, you know, being isolated and feeling depressed and all that angst. Right. But he makes it sound, you know, he translates it so well. Absolutely. And then the last two uh, Kid Cudi projects, I was not impressed. Mm -hmm. There are a few songs that I will play on the radio, but other than that, I'm not going to play the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But then adding Kanye's production-like sound, Mm -hmm. plus a little bit of his newer sound, with the foundation of Cuddy together. It was so good. Oh, my God. It was like peanut butter and jelly with the milk on the side. That's how amazing it was. And I... Did not listen to anything else because I did not want to like ruin that experience. I think about Daytona and Kitsy Ghost. That whole month of June, you know, every Friday he was releasing albums, and that's why I'm shocked that you haven't listened to Nazir because that's one of the ones that he released. Yeah, um, and yeah. it's like I said, the first I listened to the first five ten seconds of the first track on yeah. the album, and it's, a, it's like sunlight clicked on and spectacular and yes I'm young but I never like really dived into a Nas album so I don't know what to expect lyrical master well yeah precision right but I hear like what's the song with like I rule the world if I rule the world if I rule the world yeah that's it well I know some other songs but Mm -hmm. that's right now on the top of Top of my, my head right now. Gotcha. So I need to, like, I don't know. It's just like, just dive in and just say whatever. And then I listen to um, the new Chew Chains album. So good. I think this is his best album yes, to date. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I just felt like. What's your favorite track? Money on the Way. Does that feature anybody? Or? No. Okay. It's just him. Yeah. And I just feel like with that album, and if you don't know who 2 Chains is, it's um, he's more of a commercial artist that is more featured on the radio. He doesn't do a lot of serious topics. Or if he does, it's rare. Uh, he's doing serious topics on this new one, though. Yeah, and I was really impressed. And for a lot of conscious rap... You to me, you have to like have a funny kind of side to it, not mm-hmm. so kidding side to it. Because if you're all conscious rap to me, it I get the message and I I stand by it, but I, that can sometimes turn me off. And you want to be entertained at the same time. Yeah, you know, we go to music to release. Absolutely. So. And when I heard this two chains, both of them satisfied me, and I was really impressed. It. And also A&R by LeBron James. Which, interesting, but that's mm-hmm. another conversation. Another conversation. Um, the listening to the song NCAA. Oh, I, yes. Oh, my goodness. And then that so- the song Sam. Ah, yes. It's like, okay, let me, you know, give this a shot. Like, who is Sam? As the song goes on, he tells you who Sam is. Absolutely. Sam is Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam. Yeah. and again a Two Chains album where he's talking about Texas, mm-hmm. mind blowing. 
Absolutely, because you do not expect no two chains to talk about taxes. No, or at all. or controversy of the NCAA. Right. Like I don't expect that to hear from two chains music at all. But it, I'm really glad that I listened to it because. You know, I go through waves where I'm like, oh, do I want to listen to the latest releases or do I, is everything sounding the same to me? Right. Like, I'll listen to the rapper Go Home Mm -hmm. and I'm very, very, very glad that I did. Good. All right. Well, let's transition into something that you do and you proudly work here at the library. You are a 20s and 30s uh, programmer here at the library. Yes. Uh, Tell me about that role and in some capacity. So what I do is I try and find programs that are relevant to folks in their 20s and 30s. So folks, you know, people within our age group. Right. um, A lot of things that we are dealing with personally, uh, I've had an adulting series and that's about getting your resume together right um, trying to figure out your finances trying to pay bills mm-hmm. just doing the those basic things absolutely but also trying to infuse fun into the conversation um, life is hectic trying absolutely. to figure out how to pay bills and live our normal life and engage in society right we need something else and so it was really important to me to create programs tailored towards aspects of our lives that are important Mm -hmm. meaningful Mm -hmm. but also a chance to release absolutely let go of the daily grind absolutely no i definitely agree it's just like the story i share with you earlier just like that at the early 20s like no I don't want to spend hours in the library just like right you just want to come in get your book that you placed on hold or a movie that you placed on hold and then go home eat food and veg out on the couch pretty much but now since I'm older with a little bit I would say responsibilities but more like open mind of what a library has to offer mm-hmm. and it's amazing I just think you can listen to those new albums you can listen to your library card absolutely you don't have to pay $4.99 or however much you for streaming with your i with your library card barcode yeah and you can listen to I think 444 was on there absolutely um, I know Kendrick's album was on there mm-hmm. we have new releases Absolutely, and I just think the more marketing, the word of the mouth. Mm-hmm. But we also, those in our age group, like we just said, you know, I just want to go home, be by myself, veg out on the couch. Right. We do isolate ourselves socially, so True. trying to get us back into being social creatures. Because Absolutely. As humans in this society, we thrive off of interactions, human connections. Mm-hmm. And being in an isolated, you know, environment, it can be alienating. So having programs that are fun and allow you the opportunity to meet someone new. True. Meet somebody, talk to somebody new. Mm -hmm. It's important. Absolutely. 
So my next question to you, and you probably answered it earlier, is just like how or why um, 20s and 30-year-olds are not um, utilizing the library? See, I think we are u utilizing libraries. We've, um, we've seen reports where millennials mm -hmm. are amongst the highest users of the library. We just don't use it in the same ways as previous generations have used it. Right. You know, um, we come in. For me, even I work in a library, but my local library, I just go in, pick up my holds, and then I leave. Right. We're using the library. We just aren't using it in the ways that other generations are. Right. It's still important to us. Um, it still matters. We just... Mm -hmm. It's not just we're going to stand in the computer and just, like, search right. or just, like, X reference questions to a librarian most right, of the time. you can just Google a lot of things. Right, ads. right. So I think it's important for libraries to then adjust to what their community is doing. Mm -hmm. Our community is has a large population of folks, you know, between the ages of 25 and 54. Mm -hmm. So within that demographic that I'm doing programming in, What things do they want? How do you talk to them? Right. Um, you have to change along with them. Mm -hmm. Figure out what's meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know. Um, Go from there. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think my, the, like, the hidden home question is, we talked about a lot. We talked about sports. Right. We talked about music empowerment in some degree and just like targeting a younger audience to using the space a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we should collaborate all those topics or categories in a way? How, well, let me rephrase this question. How should the library treat this giant culture of like different possibilities that we just talked about today? I think listening and engaging. Yeah. Um, one of the things we talked about was Kid Cudi and how he really speaks to like anxiety and depression and things like that. Right. People in that in our age group, that's something that we're struggling with. Absolutely. So you're 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 pretty much saying like enforcing their presence as like a listening institution to where like we're noticing. 20s and 30s with mental health issues yes. let us be a possible solution to this matter or right. a lot of times you'll hear people say I didn't know the library did that right how do we get to talk to people and tell them that we have these things right you know um, in May we're going to be hosting for 20s and 30s a mental health fair right because it's something that we're all dealing with and you know mental health has such a large stigma mm -hmm. on it mm-hmm and we really want to knock those barriers down. Absolutely. It's okay to say that you need help. Absolutely. We're having, you know, providers come in to talk. Mm -hmm. That's how you, that's how the library engages with their community. Absolutely. Understanding, we know that people are dealing with these things in their lives. Mm -hmm. 
talk to them about it. Listen to what's going on in right. their lives. Engage with your community. Mm-hmm. Um, just be remain the hub of the community. Absolutely, and that's a really smart approach. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I myself struggle with mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know how growing up, you, your mom and dad was like, if you do well in school, mm-hmm. if you do all the yes. right things, everything's going to be good for you. You're going to have a nice car, you're going to have a nice house, you're going to have a nice job, couple kids, after college. And that's not the case. It is not. And Reality sets in. And reality sets in. And then also when you do, like, in my case, these certain opportunities where you're thinking you're making a difference in this community, but along the way having some hiccups either with yourself personally or with other barriers or other things that are outside of your control, Mm -hmm. you kind of, like, lose track of what the end goal is. Right. And then for me personally, and I'm and you know this, I'm a very ambitious person. Yes. And I'm also trying to make sure that I'm growing myself personally. And for me, if I'm not doing those two things, mm-hmm. something's wrong. Right. And then I had to literally sit down with a therapist over a year just saying like, it's great to be ambitious. It's great to grow. Right. But sometimes we need to be a little bit more realistic. Right. And sometimes we need to learn to take it down like several notches. And that's hard. And that's really hard because you're you're taught to be like, okay, if I work nine to five, I'll get this great promotion. Or mm-hmm. if I go to undergrad or master's, whatever education You'll be uh, fine. You'll be great. But... That's not the reality. That's not the reality. And it took me a while to just... And all the lessons I've learned over 20 years to just be like, all right. We got to... We got our... Uh, well, backtrack. As a society, we need to do a little bit more better job of how we present. Right. Um, destigmatizing. Destigmatizing, yes. Uh, and also just... We need to remind us to be patient. Right. Yeah. And knowing, you know, one of the things that I will say to myself, Rome wasn't built in a day. Absolutely not. You, during the process of accomplishing goals and moving on in life. Right. You're going to struggle. Right. And that's okay. As long as you continue to grow and move, mm-hmm. you're okay. Mm-hmm. And then taking breaks to take care of yourself. Right. I think in the society that we grow, that we are in right now, and the generation that we that re- that shaped us, we're really always on our grind. Absolutely. It's very hard to disengage from that go 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 mentality. We. We're trying. We're striving to do more, to attain more success. You know, mm-hmm. stuff, whatever. Right. But we have to take breaks. We have to take care of ourselves. Absolutely. And having a you know, self talk, mm-hmm. not beating yourself up because you couldn't, you know, work an eight hour day, right. and then go home 
read 50 pages for school yep. and then write a discussion post. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Right, yeah. What things did you accomplish in that day? Absolutely. You know, um, it's, it's very important that we value ourselves, mm -hmm. that we love ourselves, that we take care of ourselves because that we really only have ourselves. Ourselves. Could you tell us more information about this event in May? It's Yeah, it's Saturday, May 18th, mm -hmm. um, where we will be having um, a speaker from Niles Family Services mm -hmm. um, talk about, you know, ways to de-stress, mm -hmm. um, tips, advice. We will have um, mental health providers mm -hmm. and wellness coaches mm -hmm. with booths, right. you know, to provide information, you know, answer questions that you may have. Um, and then one of the major things that is necessary and will really feed your spirit is we're, we're going to be having many therapy horses come. Oh, awesome. So at the end of the day, when you're dealing with so much stuff, sometimes you need a funny little, you know, dog doing yeah crazy things video right so you'll come to this mental health fair destigmatizing um demystifying changing the conversation start the conversation right that's the name of it um and then you get to spend time with mini horses absolutely i you know yeah. And um, where can the audience find, like, information if they need to register? Or is it, like, first come, first serve? Is open for everybody? It's going to be a drop-in. Okay. Um, if you want to take part in the mini therapy horses, you have to be present for the, um, for the talk. Mm -hmm. Inf more information can be found on our website, mm -hmm. um, nileslibrary.org. Mm -hmm. If you go to events, go to May 18th and you'll see us there. And if you have any further questions, you know, you can give us a call. Yeah. Call the reference desk and we can, you know, answer more of your questions. All right. We also will be putting it on Meetup. Yeah. Um, Facebook, mm -hmm. we'll have a Facebook blast about it. So mm -hmm. that's where you'll find more info and how to register and all that good stuff. Well, fantastic. Uh, just to reiterate what Stacy said, um, if you're interested about the mental health um, day, it will be May 18th, and all the information that you can find will be on our, our library website and nileslibrary.org or uh, our other social media outlets. All right. Well, Stacy, I appreciate you for coming on the podcast. Thanks you, for having me. You're a, a big mentor to me, um, keeping me headstrong and focused, Indeed. and just uh, keeping me... Um, just keeping me level-headed. I definitely appreciate you and all you do. Appreciate you too. I mean, that's what we are here for. We're here to help each other out, you know? Absolutely. I'm happy to be here for you. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you again to Stacy for being a part of the podcast. And I want to thank you for listening and supporting the Library Scoop. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. We hope you tune in for the next show. Have a good day, everyone.